mohawk. I did a, I shaved my head and grew the beard out because I had like full beard and bald head. You had a mohawk. I had a mohawk for a little while. I've had the, I've had a, a mullet. I had like yeah. a Mississippi mud flap. Yep. I've had a, a Tennessee top hat. Had that. A uh, lot of different uh, looks over the years. That's, uh, yeah, I, I've, I've only known you with the, the fairly short. I mean, your hair's gotten slightly long, but it's never been. Yeah, there's a part on the top. There's a, it's thinning out. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. It's like, oh, there's that. Yeah, it is. It's, it's thinning out a little bit up top. Mm-hmm. It is. But you know what? It happens. 30s. Late 30s. Yeah. It happens. We're not in our mid 30s, Wes. We're in our late 30s. Late 30s. <laughs> Did I say mid? Yeah. It's okay. I'm, it's a good lie. Yeah, yeah. We're in our 20s, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. It's, it's Being 25. Late 20s. <laughs> 25 is stressful. I'm in 24. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for, I've been 24 for a long time. Hair, hair is such a weird thing because, like, you use it to. It, it's used to, to show changes in your life in so many ways. Mm-hmm. At least for women, it is like you, you'll see somebody with a great haircut and you're like, oh, they went through something. Mm-hmm. Like they, they cut off their hair. There was one time I, when I was living in upstate New York, I, I decided to cut off like nine inches of hair. Mm. And whoa, yeah, because <laughs> I always do dramatic haircuts and went to my friend's hairstylist. And, and she was like, you're cutting off nine inches. I was like, yeah, and it was midday. It was like noon. And we get my get nine inches cut off and immediately next door to the salon is a bar. And we walk out of the salon and my friend walks me into the bar and it's a woman behind the counter. And she's like, oh, it's it's noon on a Wednesday. Like, what are you guys doing? And my friend says, she just cut off nine inches of hair. And the bartender says, first shots on the house. Shirt <laughs> <Yeah>. up, <laughs> sat down and had a shot and had a couple drinks with this bartender. She's like, honey, did you go through a breakup? Like, what happened? And I was like, no, I just. It was time. I know. I felt bad I didn't have like a story of why I was cutting off that much hair. But yeah, it's a weird external way of, I don't know, showing mm. something that's happening internally. I don't know. Yeah. I, f- I feel like the the hair, like when I had, yeah, I say the, the, the mohawk for a little bit of time and the crazy looks. I, I feel like I had jobs that it didn't really matter. Like I wasn't doing the tours back then. Yeah. So. What were you doing that you had a mohawk? This is really surprising to me. I think it was, uh, it was, it was brief. It wasn't like, it wasn't very long. And okay. it was like. Oh gosh, maybe like a couple weeks. It wasn't like I, I went through like a Christmas with it or something. So it was, was it like, like Liberty Spikes or was it like a straight mohawk? It was straight. It was like okay. straight mohawk, and I I like shaved the sides of my head with a razor. So yeah, I know it's crazy. It's like I don't even know you. Ever. Right? Yeah. By the way, <laughs> uh, the, the the beard's been off and on over the years. So yeah. Yeah, you had you had a pretty bushy one for a while then. You cut it off for oh gosh, shave yeah. November, right? Yeah. Golly, I was looking at photos of uh, August. I was visiting family up in Jersey, and I had a full-on big beard, like the crazy mustache and beard. I was like, oh, man, okay, I have to grow that back, which I'm in the process of doing now. Yeah, there, so. you're, you're slowly getting there. Yeah, it was like uh, lost my strength, like Samson yeah. in November. I was like, oh, man, that's why I didn't eat so much turkey. I got rid of the beard. So. Yeah, you just you just couldn't, you didn't have space for it. No, I didn't. Now I'm like, well, I want to eat more of it. Got to get the beard. <laughs> <laughs> it was very – it's always shocking to see you when you, you shave, though, because you get very used to the, the beard look on you, and then suddenly you show up oh, and you're God. clean shaven – and it's, it takes a beat to remember. I saw my dentist when I in, in November. So I went to the dentist, and it's just one of those things you do every six months. You get a cleaning. Uh, and I was allegedly. like, Allegedly. Allegedly, right? Yeah. So I went, I made this horrible joke to my dentist where I was like, So I had a beard, and I don't know if you can help with this. I shaved the beard, and this chin has been hiding under the beard. It's getting bigger. Is that something you can do? <laughs> 
can you fix this? Can you fix chins? <laughs> Which I, I've been going to this guy forever, so he's just like rolling his eyes, like, oh, he's back. Here's Wes with the stupid jokes. <laughs> so like, because it kind of grows. It it's been getting bigger as I age. And I, I've read you can do like exercise and nutrition or whatever. But I really like if there's a you know a way you could clean my teeth. Oh yeah, like I would I would the... very much. I'm definitely getting my Swedish grandmother's jawline, which terrifies me because she didn't have so much a jawline as a, like a neck hiccup. Oh, it was just. <laughs> I'm very concerned about ending up with my, my Swedish grandmother's jawline rather than my, my strong British father oh, yeah. square square jaw. Yeah, but. I look at old photos like the jawline. Man, I used to have one of those too. Golly. Yeah, I used to, now, now it's more of a, like, a jaw curve. Mm-hmm. It's not so much a line anymore. Yeah, I've got like, this dough thing going yeah. on here. It's more of like a suggestion of mm-hmm. a delineation. <laughs> this is a human jaw? Oh, uh, this is Just the Tipple Pod. Hey, <laughs> welcome, everybody. Hey, I'm Sarah Spooter. I'm Wes Waking. And we're the co-hosts of Just the Tipple Pod. Yes, thanks for joining us. Cheers. Cheers. Have a drink. Make a drink. If you're drinking, enjoy it. We are. Be prepared for more. Plan for this podcast, and the plan is fast and loose. We're a comedy, history, and drinks podcast. Every mm-hmm. week, we're going to pick a drink. It might be a cocktail. It might be a specific kind of liquor. We don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, it's we just fun. We're also not bartenders or historians. Nope. We're just friends who like trivia. Mm-hmm. And drinking. And so uh, that's what we're doing here. So if you're looking for anything in-depth, sorry. It's <laughs> called Just the Tipple for a reason, us. y'all. <laughs> hang with <laughs> yeah. us. Hang with us. It's going to get fun. It is. This week, we're doing the gin and tonic. Oh, the gin and tonic. Simple, but delicious. Exactly. Mm. We were joking earlier. I like to call it an ampersand drink. <laughs> it, it's got the two ingredients and an and sign in the middle. <laughs> it is my kind of drink. It is. When in doubt, do an ampersand drink. You already know the ingredients. Mm-hmm. It's right there. It's in the title. <laughs> it's in the title. It's in the title. Whiskey and ginger. Done. <laughs> Vodka and soda. Done. That's. <laughs> it's like bartending when you're 20. It's fine. <laughs> malort and chili. Oh, God, no. no. Oh, oh, sorry. No, God. too soon. Goddamn malort. <laughs> That's a future episode, folks. Yeah. Stick around for the Malort episode. It's it's going to be a... Yeah, if you want. Yeah. No, please a, do. If you've never heard of this, it's something else. It's an episode to vaguely remember. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're uh, doing the gin and tonic this episode. We're going to go through the ingredients and break them down and tell you all about them. Yeah. What? Wait, what is in a gin and tonic? Okay. Do you have a pen and paper? Yeah, hold on a second. Let me, let me do okay. one up here. Okay, you ready? Let me know. Let me know when you're ready. Hold on. All you ready? Right, I'm ready. All right. First ingredient, gin. Okay, you ready? Tonic water. Tonic water. That's yep, number that's two. two words. Okay, tonic Good. water. Yeah. Yeah. And then limes. Limes. Yeah, that's it. it. That's it. Those three. Okay. Yep. So you got that? I wrote those down. Okay, good. Cool. There's a quiz later. Okay, good, good. Yeah. That's uh, very easy. Anyone can do that, right? Pretty much, yeah. If, if, as long as you have opposable thumbs, you can oh! make a gin and tonic. What is, you know, I've got them. <laughs> yeah, look at that. They're opposable. What? I was holding a pen a second ago. Oh, I yeah. wrote that down. I feel like they disagree with everything I say. They're they do. opposable. They do. <laughs> They're opposable. Ugh. That was a truly terrible dad joke. That was the best. Oh, you don't ever apologize for that. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just gin tonic and lime. That's that's all a gin and tonic is. And I think it's always really funny because like a gin and tonic is basically like British colonialism in a glass. Mm-hmm. Like. <laughs> yes, it is. It has been reduced to a glass. That all that clo- colonialism in one drink. In one drink, it's it's conquering much of the known world and then failing. And fighting malaria. And fighting malaria and scurvy 
and also scurvy be damned. I've been drinking this gin and tonic. I'm good. And and also uh, anti-Catholicism is also in the glass. <laughs> That's whoa, yeah. Woo! <laughs> it's Protestantism, anti-scurvy, and uh, anti-malaria all in one glass. All it's in one. very British. It is. Yeah. Yes. I can say that I'm British. Uh, all right. Um, this is great. Uh, stay tuned for more fun facts about gin and tonics. Yeah. We're doing them. We're drinking them. We're sharing information. Oh, yeah. That's the fun part of this podcast is while this episode goes on, we are going to be trying different uh, variations of the gin and tonic. We're mm-hmm. going to explore different ways of making it mm-hmm. and different how, how different maybe geographic areas do yeah. it. Things like that. So uh, stick around and we'll tell you what we're drinking and you should uh, you should join us. Yeah. With a little bit of personal history sprinkled in there. Oh, <laughs> stick around. We're, we're going to talk about gin and tonics. Do you even remember the first time? Oh, you had a gin and yeah. I was just about to ask you that. Yeah. I don't, but uh, I I feel like I've been getting into them a lot more lately. Mm-hmm. Just I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Without getting into too much detail of like what we already know about them, it's it's almost like I see it as a really clean, easy drink. I really find myself leaning towards gin and tonics or, I, or gin and sodas as well. Yeah, just gin. I don't want anything too complicated. I don't want anything that's going to take nine years to make. Yeah, it's right. It's so simple. It's a quick drink. Yeah, it's a, it's a quick, it's tasty hard to mess up. Drink. Yeah, and it's just it makes me. I always think of springtime. Yeah. By the way, it's February. Yeah. <laughs> but it makes me think of springtime. Well, it's that it's the botanicals. It's mm-hmm. that that crisp, refreshing yeah. nature of the gin and tonic. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it's still what I order also when I go in a bar and I like have that panic. Mm-hmm. Oh the, yeah. When you're not sure what you want and you're like, oh god. Oh my gosh, yeah. Like, well, being in Asheville, I've been to a few of our uh, craft cocktail bars, looked at the book that that is a menu, and been just like, ooh. Uh, and and you know, a lot of these drink re- recipes look good. I'm like, I'll have the gin and tonic. Yeah. <laughs> do you make a good gin and tonic? Thank you. And I kind of feel like an asshole when I do that. When they're like, I have hand carved this ice cube for <laughs> yeah. you, and and I I raised these this rosemary from a baby. Oh wow, yeah, that looks amazing. Great. Gin and tonic, tonic, please. Yeah. What's your well gin? That sounds great. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Yeah. That's another question. I've been, yeah. You mean when you go to the bar, you're like, yeah, what's your well? And like, ooh, mm, let's go up a little bit. Let's go up a little bit. You know what? I'm okay okay going up a shelf. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go up a shelf. Mm, Okay. I think some of that comes with age, too. Right. Right. Yeah. Let's talk to our younger selves. Well, what what was it like? What do we remember? What do you remember about drinking in the well? But I feel like the gin and tonic is is that drink that's kind of the intro to cocktails. Mm hmm. Like it, it, it is kind of that transitional drink between like shots mm-hmm. and actual c- cocktails. Like I don't, I don't remember. I remember in college drinking gin and tonics. I don't remember drinking anything more complicated mm-hmm. than, than like. Right. I think we tried to make martinis one time and we just hated them. Yeah, back back in the day, it was like uh, light beer, gin, vodka, yeah. <laughs> like gin and tonic. So we we went with those. I think we're ready for round two. I think we are. Have we started? We're started. We're started back. Hey, round second, two. Second round of the night. Oh, second beverage of the night. This is officially. the <laughs> This is the hipster version. That's right. This <laughs> This is the hipster version of the gin and tonic. It's, uh, it's still pretty basic. It is. It's basic, but it damn it's good. Yeah. So this one we're doing with tonic syrup. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's kind of the um, more modern way of, of doing it instead of doing tonic water is it's a thicker 
almost, it's almost like a simple syrup. And you made it with a club soda, not tonic water uh-huh. this time. It was club yeah. soda. So just in case there's any stains on your shirt, get those out. Oh, thank God. <laughs> um, but you, yeah, Good thing you can't see it, folks. Yeah, it's a, 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 almost like a simple syrup that has botanicals and, mm. and quinine in it. And yeah, and then you mix it with the, the club soda. And I feel like it's a little more subtle. Yeah. Very subtle. And the tonic water. I, we get a little bit more of the gin. Mm-hmm. I mean, except I made them at first, and Wes was like, what gin did you put in these? I didn't and I realized you put I had the gin in. Put no gin in them. <laughs> I, was, I was so excited about the tonic water. I love that I thought that it happened so quick, I didn't see the gin go in. Like, huh, I don't remember. Should I ask? You guys ever do that at home? Like, maybe I should ask. Am I going to be an idiot? Hey, what gin did you use? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, wait. No gin. <laughs> My first reaction was to be like, of course I put gin in it. I thought that too. I was like, and I'm, I'm tasting it like, oh yeah, that's pretty good. Um, hmm. <laughs> no, nope. I taste the gin. Nope. She forgot the gin. But She's we, cut off. But now we have gin. Yes. Now we have gin. And so now we can keep talking about gin. Mm-hmm. What, what, uh, what was the first time you had a gin and tonic? I was probably like 18. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. I want to say it was the very, you know, when you're that age and you're like, I'm, I'm going to try to be fancy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also probably the same age where I thought you could just drink gin straight. Oh, have you? I recently took a, uh, warm gin shot. Shots. It's tasty. It's really good. You really get a lot out of it, believe it or it's not. Warm it's, gin. It was warm gin. My gosh, I, the way the, the day progressed after that, I don't remember a lot, but <laughs> it, in that okay. moment, I remember it was really, really good. Really amazingly easy to drink. That's fascinating. That, I think that's something we will have to do when we do a gin episode. We'll have to, we'll just have to the gin it. episode where we're just, uh. Just drinking, tasting, tasting the botanicals. Mm. Listen, we didn't say it was going to be good drinks we were covering. No, no. (laughs) There's definitely some of the the episodes that we have coming up that I'm like, this is a terrible idea. Yeah. But yeah, I want to say I was probably 18 or around that age when I had a gin and tonic. And I think it was because it is a cheap cocktail to make and inaccessible. Like, you know, whiskeys are, there's the bite to a whiskey. Um, you know, tequila, that's a whole other reason I can't <laughs> run for public office. There's a, a tolerance that has to kind of be built up for a lot of the other spirits. Mm-hmm. And I feel like gin, you're just like, okay, that was pretty tasty. Yeah. Tastes like plants. Tastes like plants, yeah. Like citrusy pine tree. Mm, pine Mighty tree. good. Mighty tasty. So, like, I kind of went down a rabbit hole and was like, <laughs> where did bubbled water come from? Like, where did carbonated water come from? Like, why is that a thing? Like, we crawled out of the sewers, we tamed animals, and then we're like, <laughs> I want water with bubbles in it. Mm-hmm. Like, why is that a thing? <laughs> I guess it's, it's naturally occurring. Like, it's just carbon dioxide in water. And for a long time, it was thought to be, like, medicinal and healthy. It was like, oh, you drink some water with bubbles in it, and you're going to have longevity and health, which is... You know, <laughs> yes. No judgment, but no, yeah. And there was a guy in England in the 1760s, and I keep wanting to call him Jason Priestley <laughs> because of 90210. <laughs> I'm really sad his name is not. Did you ever watch 90210? Uh, yes, I did. <laughs> Luke Perry. Oh my gosh. I was never allowed to watch it, so I like, oh. but I knew all because I grew up conservative Christian. Mm, okay. That's a whole other story. Uh-huh. But oh yeah, I was never allowed to watch it, but I was totally caught up on everything that happened because all my friends watched it. So I like, I have to remember I never watched it because I just heard the story so many times and knew all the characters and stuff. <laughs> but like, no, no, that was too scandalous. But not Jason Priestley, guy in, in the 1760s. He had some a buddy who was a brewer. And, you know, in, in the beer brewing process, carbon dioxide gets real when you brew. It's anaerobic respiration. And he just took a big bucket of water and hung it over the, the brewing tank. Oh. And the carbon dioxide came up, and it went into the, oh. the bucket, and suddenly he had this bubbly, bubbly water. water. And fun he was water. like, 
y'all, this shit is fantastic. And so that's like what he initially did and, and became obsessed with it. And he wrote a paper, and this is my favorite paper name. Mm-hmm. He wrote a paper called Impregnating Water with Fixed Air, <laughs> which sounds like the most boring porno ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Might have seen that one. I, I'm not even sure who would, like what the storyline is for impregnating water with fixed air. <laughs> it would involve a tire shop. Impregnating water. What's it called again? Impregnating water with fixed air by mm. Jason Priestley. By, J- by J- Jason Priestley. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so that's where bubbled. That's where carbonated water came from. And he like figured out ways to make it more efficient, but that caused this craze. And so Schweppes, Joseph, mm-hmm. I think Joseph Schweppes w- figured out a way to make it commercialized, and that's where bubbled water that's came. Where like, it comes from. That's a original original recipe, basically. I think it was chalk and sulfuric acid they would put together, and the bubbles out of that are carbon dioxide, and that's what they'd shove in the water. Yeah, Yum. Isn't that weird. No, that's kind of fun. Yeah, so wow. that's like where carbon water comes from. That's how from. it all started. Jason Priestley. Thanks, Jason Priestley. Oh my gosh. Other ingredients of tonic. You mm-hmm. want to talk about some quinine? Yeah, so quinine. What is that? What is quinine? <laughs> what, what is it? Anti-malarial medication. It's still an anti-malarial medication. That's what's it, crazy. It's still being used? Yeah. it was. It, they, I, I guess the Spanish settlers found it in uh, Peru. Oh, interesting. In like uh, the 1600s. Oh, and really? And it's still in use. Still in use. Yeah. Yeah, there's a couple disagreements about exactly how it was found. One is a, a countess, one is a priest. There's a story about a soldier who was sick with malaria and fell in a pond that was surrounded by trees and oh. woke up and he wasn't sick anymore. There's all kinds of apocryphal stories about where it came from. But uh, it, it comes from the Sincoa tree, it's called. Uh, it's the bark of the Sincoa tree that was originally found in Peru. And Peru didn't have malaria because it was a European disease. Of course so we it brought was. the disease with brought us to, them, yes. to uh, find the cure. And well, it tastes awful, correct? It does. It tastes awful. It's very, very bitter flavor. Uh, <laughs> it, it tastes like shit. And one of the crazy things, so yeah, malaria, super deadly, mm-hmm. right? Here's a crazy fact for you. So in the 20th century alone, just 1900 to 1999, between 150 million and 200 million people died of malaria. Wow. Or three, 300 million. Oh, 150 gosh. and 300 million. So between two and five percent of all the deaths in the 20th century were malaria. So malaria is like super, super deadly. Like if you ever do any history on like the Panama Canal mm-hmm. or Cuba, the number between yellow fever and malaria, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people who died. I mean, it's the reason France never finished the Panama Canal is because everybody they sent over kept dying. Oh, uh, yeah, it's a pretty intense, crazy disease. But then they figured out this anti-malarial medication was quinine and it tastes like shit. So I guess British soldiers get issued a, a ration of quinine that they're supposed to take as oh. anti-malarial medication. And because it tastes like shit, they're like, I'm going to mix this. And so they originally would combine it with just plain water okay, and, and then throw some sugar in there to try to cover it up. Oh. And then they ended up starting to add gin because it was a very, very cheap liquor that we'll get into in a little bit. And they would add limes because they were also rationed limes. Yeah, just fighting scurvy off. Fighting scurvy. That's why the British are called limeys. Mm-hmm. Is fun it, fact. They were the, the here's a, here's a fun fact to throw in your face. <laughs> they were they are called limeys because they were the healthiest navy in the world at the time, and it was because oh. it was originally lemons and then they switched to limes. That's uh, they so they would combine two of their medications into one, and that was kind of the precursor for the the gin and tonic. And they you could buy it bottled. You could buy mm. like a mix of this water, sugar, lime, quinine mix. That's Asheville history. Oh, yeah. Grove's Tasteless Chill Tonic. In uh, 1878, Edwin Wiley Grove, a Tennessee chemist, he uh, suspended quinine into liquid form. And it was a tonic that pretty much cured everything. That's what he advertised it as. It could fix pretty much everything. It was kind of snake oil, but also helpful. Mm, But, yeah, also helpful. And also not tasteless. Also not tasteless. That's a lie. It was, yuck. Not great. Never actually had any, but that's what I hear. 
that's what I read. <laughs> is it? I, I remember reading somewhere that he was like the uh, supplier to the British Army. Oh, yeah. It, it's intensely, uh, yeah, it was bitter. It was a bitter, nasty drink. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so like what we have in, in tonic water today is a, a 1% or 2% of what an actual dosage of quinine it's by law they can't they can't sell no. it with like an actual dose of quinine in it but it's still just enough to like have health effects so like drinking tonic is actually good for you oh yeah drink drink tonic it's supposed to help with indigestion and with oh. muscle cramps oh yeah nice. so uh, tonic water is actually a medicinal beverage some people are allergic to quinine so they can't actually drink oh, no. it yeah hmm. it's uh it glows under a black light yeah it what? glows. Yeah, quinine glows. Wow. Uh, I try as a, just a, as an adult to never be in a room with a black light because you know what? There's a lot of shit I don't mm. want to know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a black light oh, tells yeah. you things you don't want to know. Yeah, you don't want to know. Just stay away from light. it. Yeah, like just, just no. So gin, another ingredient in the gin and tonic. Oh, gin. What is gin? Gin, I, I know it is a uh, new, neutral grain spirit and it's, um, it's steeped. With botanicals. Ooh. Oh, yeah. And what's your base? Yeah. Fancy word for dried herbs, roots, citrus peels. It's redistilled. It's pretty easy to make. Yeah. That's what I've heard. Yeah. You don't have to age it. So. That's right. Yeah. What do you know about gin? I know it has to, to be gin, it has to contain juniper. Mm Mm-hmm. The common juniper is what the plant is. And you know what the Latin name of it is? This is like my favorite. No. It's Juniperius commonus. Juniperius commonus. Yeah, the common juniper the is com- Juniperius commonus. <laughs> wow. And the shit grows everywhere. Like, I don't know if we have it this far south, but all uh, northeast. Yeah, where does it grow? The whole northeast of the United States is juniper. It's a really, really prevalent plant in Europe. They're like little scrub bushes. Like, if you saw a picture of it, you'd be like, that is very unimpressive plant. That would be good in a drink. Yeah, I'm going to put that in a drink. It is very fragrant, and it has these blueberries, but they don't get very big and the juniper tree takes its name, I guess, gin actually takes its name from the juniper, mm-hmm. which is a... Juniperus commonus. Yeah. <laughs> Juniperus commonus. Isn't that great? Yeah. That's wow. probably my favorite Latin name because it's just, it's like the ginkgo biloba. And you know what the Latin name of ginkgo biloba tree is? No. It's ginkgo biloba. Ginkgo biloba. <laughs> they, I, they, they I didn't forget go far what that that's one. good for. <laughs> Not uh, drinks. Not drinks, yeah. <laughs> Covering city streets. Yeah, that's right. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's gin. I know there's a couple different ways of making it and stuff, but every recipe of gin kind of has a different combination of flavors and in, in terms of the, the spices they put in there and the, the botanicals that they have in there along with the juniper. So that's mm. where you can get all those different flavors, which is kind of cool. Mm. I love gin. I love just thinking about all the, var- the variations of it. Yeah. Oh, <gasps> have you heard about the gin craze? Tell me about the gin okay. craze. I've not heard about the gin craze. This is basically like the 1980s crack epidemic in the United States, but it's for gin, and it's in the 1600s. Oh, my gosh. Tell me more. Okay. So, England, late 1600s. I'm going to say 1688. Mm-hmm. Uh, William of Orange comes to power. He's okay. the William in William and Mary. That oh. Guy. Yeah, that guy. Oh. So, w- William uh, is also Dutch, and he marries Mary, whose father, I think, was King James II. So he's now king of England, da-da-da-da-da-da. It's also during the we hate Catholics, we hate Protestants fight. So, you know, Mm -hmm. like Protestants are like, no, Catholics. Well, everybody in England at that time is basically drinking French brandy. Everything's being imported. That's the drink. Everybody loves French brandy. Mm -hmm. William of Orange comes to power and he's like, you should try this. It's gin. (laughs) 
because gin is a Dutch drink. Mm. And everyone's like, well, he seems to like it. And then they realize how easy it is to make. And so they're like, man, fuck the French. And so, like, <laughs> this is what we're doing. And it's, so it's, it's, it was anti-Catholic, anti-French sentiment that they were like, make Britain drink our own shit again. And that's where like England started making their own gin was <laughs> because and they like, they, they wanted to stop supporting France. <laughs> and so that's where, that's how gin came to the UK primarily. That's how the UK started making it. Well done, gin. And it's super cheap to make. And there was like very little regulation on how much or how to make gin, like mm-hmm. what they were doing with it. So by 1730, there are 7,000 legal gin shops, which means, you know, there's another 7,000 illegal gin shops mm-hmm. and 10 million gallons of gin being distilled each year in England. Oh like, cause you could like, it would be like a shoebox area that you could go in and buy gin, like windows where you would just put money in and a shot of gin would come out basically. And it was rampant alcoholism, like oh my gosh. rampant violence, just horrible things happening all through England. And they were like, we have to get our shit together. But it took until like 1751, I think is when they finally took, got their shit together and started figuring out a way to like regulate. But the, the gin craze of the, the late 1600s, <laughs> early 1700s. And it wasn't like what we think of as gin. It wasn't like the nice botanicals. Okay. It's, a, it's you know, if you distill stuff wrong, you could go blind. Yes. It was like that. <laughs> it was basically like British moonshine. Oh, no. Oh, British moonshine. That's, wow, the gin craze. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I mean, and we'll get, we're not going to go too deep into like the history, because we're going to do an episode on gin. So we like, we don't yeah. have to go too far. But okay. that one, I was like, oh, no, we have to talk about the gin craze. Yeah, we need to talk more about the gin craze. <laughs> I'm going to read up on the gin craze, because yeah. uh, I'd like to know more about that, too. I was just astounded and that it was something I'd never really heard of. And I guess... Yeah, like one of the things that really set in motion them putting regulations was a woman who like straight up strangled her kid so what? she could sell what? his clothes for gin. <laughs> that is crazy. That's, I mean, but if you think about like drug epidemics and stuff, you uh, see kind of- so crazy some, then. Yeah, huh. like if you think about it like a meth or crack or something. Yeah, but that was, gin was the very first kind of thing in an urban area that was addictive and had those addictive properties and, and alternate, not alternating, what do you- I don't know the word mm, I'm trying yeah. to think of, but had those properties of altered state, I guess. And so, wow. yeah, you'd have social devastation. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But anyway, wow. back to gin. I'd never experienced that in my own, in my own gin experience. So. <laughs> I've never, I've never had my own gin craze. Yeah, I've never, I've never been a part of a gin craze. <laughs> <laughs> so mm-hmm. London dry gin. London dry gin, yes. Doesn't have to be made in London. It doesn't? No. It can be made anywhere. It's anywhere. It's not like champagne or burgundies or... Uh, anything like cognac cognac yeah nothing like that it can be made you can have a london dry gin that's made in simpsonville south carolina simpsonville south carolina (laughs) wow i did not know that yeah and uh london dry is just like a a style of making gin Mm -hmm. and it's the most popular style it's the one everybody knows about and really all it is is all of the flavoring has to happen during the initial distillation process it has to be all natural all natural botanicals. You can't have any artificial flavors, any artificial sweeteners, oh, nothing like that. Sounds good and clean. It is nice, clean, fun. And you can't add anything after the distillation process. Oh, that's so it. So it's only through distillation. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So that's what a London dry gin is, is it just has to be made in that process. And so like when you see gins that are sold as distilled gins, mm-hmm. those are gins that have gone through the same process, but then they added flavors at the end. At the end, right. That's okay. what that is. Okay, that's the difference. Yeah, that's the difference. Hmm. And a Plymouth gin 
which you see around, used to only be made in Plymouth, which is up until like 2014 or something like this. And all it is is like London dry gin for sailors. So it's like stronger London dry. <laughs> Naturally. Just just angry gin. Ang- the angry Angrier gin. gin. <laughs> the angriest of gins, Plymouth gin. It's just higher ABV. Mm. Let's take a sip. Mm-hmm. Just enjoy a beverage. Mm-hmm. Hear that ice. I love there's so many different types of gin here. Or there's so many variations of gin. This is so much fun going yeah. from, you know, like we need, I mean, again, not to harp on it, but gin and tonic. It's, yeah. it's a simple thing. It's easy, but there's so much more to it. That's why I think what's so cool about it is taking those three small ingredients that make up a basic gin and tonic and kind of delving into what makes them work and also like what little tweaks can we make to make an entirely different flavor. Um, do you want to learn something crazy about limes? The last ingredient? I, I do. I don't know enough about limes. They're not real. What? They do, well, I mean. What's in my glass? <laughs> they exist, but they don't exist naturally. What? They're a man-made mix. Like what we think of as limes. Like if you were to go to like your local, I don't know, Kroger or whatever. Okay. Food Lion. Shop and save. Piggly Wiggly. This episode brought to you by Food Lion. <laughs> <laughs> so we had, growing up, sidebar. Uh, we had a food line in my town, and my, my father is completely incapable of calling any business by, like, what they're actually called. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So, like, we had a sh- uh, Bob's Big Boy, mm-hmm. and my dad called it Robert's Large Lad. Yeah, everything <laughs> everything had to have a different oh, that's name. that's great. Um, Robert's Large Lad? <laughs> was Bob's Big Boy. <laughs> oh, uh, clever. <laughs> and food line was Chow Kitty. It was always Chow Kitty. Oh, and I might look at it differently now. Like I drive by the Chow Kitty. The Chow sometimes. Kitty. And it was always Chow Kitty. <laughs> and to this day, I have to, in my mind, like not call it Chow Kitty. Oh, dad. Whenever it comes up in conversation. <laughs> Thanks, Phil. It was such a dad joke. And oh, that's I a good one, though. laughed hard about oh, it. That's a good one. It. But yeah, if you, <laughs> if you go to Chow Kitty, what we have are, what we think of as limes are actually like a mix of a lemon and a key lime. Uh-huh. So they've just cross pollinated those two together to make what we think of as a lime. It's half lemon, half key lime. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that nuts? My God. Yeah. That's something else. I mean, there's a whole bunch of different varieties of lime that a lot of them we can't get Mm -hmm. in the United States. But like your standard, what we think of as a lime is is entirely a man-made product. Wow. Innovation. (laughs) And and what's funny is, you know, the the British Navy being called the limeys Mm because they were given the limes. Limes actually don't have as much vitamin C in them as lemons. Wait a second. So, oh my gosh, they could have just been. Uh, they could have just stuck with lemons. And like, they you know, lemmies. Uh-huh. They'd be no, lemmies. They, they're limeys. Lemons. They'd be. Would they be Lem- lemmings? Lemmings. Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think limeys is a solid one. But yeah, yeah, stick yeah. With that. Yeah. So if you think of the gin and tonic, you have gin, which is mm-hmm. um, good for intestinal digestion. Mm-hmm. Tonic, malaria. Mm-hmm. Sorry, mosquitoes. Ain't happening. Lime, scurvy. Wow. It's it's like a liquid Flintstone vitamin. Mm. So lemons the whole time could have been just like, yeah, we do that, but yeah, sorry, it's not yeah. gonna happen. There, these limes are taking over. Uh huh. Wow. And most of that was because limes. limes were grown in the British colonies, and lemons weren't. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Cheerio. <laughs> but yeah, the like what we have is you know I I think of key limes. First of all, they're much smaller and they're super super sweet. So good in pies. Oh my god, that's all I think of is pie. <laughs> you say key lime, I don't even think of a drink. I'm like, ooh, pie, yum. I don't think I knew key limes were a real thing until I was probably my late teens, early twenties. I thought it was a flavor of pie. Oh, sure. It's like 
wait a minute. What's not a pie? Oh, oh, it's a little baby lime. Look at that. Oh, look at that. The <laughs> things you learn as you get older. Key it's, limes exist. I'm glad I got to this point not knowing that. So that's great. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's where that's where limes come from. We're uh, we're doing round three. Round three. The bar- is it called the Barcelona? Is that Barcelona. What, is that what it is? Yeah. Um, all right, let's taste it. Let's put it in our face. All right. Mm. Holy shit, that's delicious. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. Wow. So we did Muy bien. It's a lemon peel. Yep. Fresh rosemary. Mm-hmm. A caper berry. Mm-hmm. Two yes. manzanilla olives. Oh yeah. Gin and tonic. And is it, yeah. Oh boy. And it is it's not as sweet. Oh god, I didn't empty my glass. My old buddy the lime is at the bottom there. <laughs> oh my lime's in there too. <laughs> Whatever, it's fine. Oh, look at this party crasher in there. He's half lemon. But I'm here to party. Oh, wow. This is a good drink. I do recommend this one very much. I will try this one again. I will definitely do this one again. Yeah, I would do this a whole bunch of times. So where I live, I actually have a, a creek. And we call it the Redneck Riviera. And in the summertime, <laughs> we'll go down and uh, bring some camp chairs, mm-hmm. bring some drinks, and usually take the dogs and go and... Um, have a good old time. Have a good old. It is as redneck as I can Heck can yeah. do. Have very often just taken like a like a Nalgene bottle full of gin and tonics <laughs> down and like a baggie of limes. Oh and my gosh! I remember uh, you just actually took took you took me back in time for a second. Yeah. I when I met my uh, well, she wasn't my wife yet, but my girlfriend at the time years ago at uh, downtown after five. Yeah. Downtown Asheville, I was actually really thirsty and I was meeting her out. And she had an algae bottle, and I was like, "Oh, water, good." And she's like, "No, no, don't, don't drink that." I'm like, "What?" I'm like, "Oh, it's vodka." <laughs> <laughs> That's right, gin vodka's showed its ugly head again. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I always think of that when I think of algae bottles and booze. It's like, yeah. oh, I guess I have to find water elsewhere. Yeah. But it looks like water is not water. Yeah, it's not water. I, I love the look of like, don't, oh no, 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 you don't want this. This is not for you. So. One of our good friends once told me years ago about vodka. We it was very, very late at night, and she said, "Vodka." Odorless, but not eventless. <laughs> true story. It's uh, been the most true thing I've, I've mm. known about vodka for a long time. But the gin and tonic is such a, to me, is such a summer drink. It's such a, a warm season going out. And this does feel like, this Barcelona, it does feel like um, mm-hmm. just, I don't, it, it in, enhances those flavors. Do you, do you find yourself drinking seasonally? Like, um, yeah, like say bourbon in like fall and winter. Or like scotch or like the brown liquors. Even brandy, who knows? Yeah. Uh, but then like, yeah, like maybe a gin or vodka tequila in the spring and summer. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I find too. a little more clear liquids. And part of them is I don't like ice in my whiskeys. Good call. Yeah. And so I, I tend to drink them a little warmer. I'm going to toast you. I mean, we're going to touch uh, glasses here. We're going to reach. Far. Oh. Far. Ah. oh, do you guys hear that? Yeah. This- yes. This coffee table is comically large. Mm-hmm. No, I think this is a this drink is a great example of how you can take something so simple, mm-hmm. and and with a couple small additions, make it into oh, gosh, entirely yeah. different flavors. I'm still very curious about the caper berries. Like I didn't mm-hmm. open that jar until we just made this. Right. Yeah. Um, I have no idea what they are. My you gosh. You guys should drink along with us. Yes, you should be drinking at this point. We're on round three, so I don't know why you're not. You know, we might. Unless you're at work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then, then don't. But we might put recipes and stuff up on mm-hmm. our, our website, justthetipplepod.com. Yep. Again, this is episode one, mm-hmm. so we're just getting started. 
Listen, we don't know what we're doing. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Oh my this god, that's fun. fascinating. What what happened? Bite into the caperberry. I should bite into it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. I'm gonna fish that. Out. Oh, it's making out with the lime. Man, the lime. What are you doing? Lime's not even dude? supposed to be here. No, party crasher. All right, I'm biting into it. Oh boy. Oh dear. Right? Oh my. It's oh, not wow. what I thought it was gonna be. No. It's, it's like a pickle. It is like a pickle. Mm, wow. Look at those innards. Oh, right? Wow. It doesn't. I thought it was going to be like an olive or something. Mm. It, it looks mm. it looks like a pickle. Like it's tiny little seeds, like a cucumber yeah. almost. And it's brined. Mm. That's good. I do not understand good. this vegetable. No, no. Not, not, now that I've opened it up, I'm going to drop it back in there and see if that changes my drink. Thanks for following along. Well, I hope that you guys were able to, to learn a little bit. Um, yes. But the last part of the episode, we have two little things we want to do at the end. And the first is, who do we think should drink a gin and tonic who is it great question who is going to drink this who do you think should be drinking it oh wow because we've, okay. we've spent the whole episode talking about how the gin and tonic is a very accessible drink that it's something that mm-hmm. you know we we drank in our youth and now as we've gotten into our late 30s that it's something that we've kind of come back to and appreciated mm-hmm. but who should drink a gin and tonic uh, i'm gonna say james bond because he does. Oh. Well, it's not just a gin and tonic, but he loves a good gin. He does love a good gin. Mm-hmm. That's true. Shaken, not stirred. But if you look, if you watch uh, Casino Royale, he he's quoted as saying, does it look like I really give a damn? He does give a damn. He do- I was going to say, if there's so. any fictional character who gives all the dams. Oh, man, he gives the dams. He gives so many so dams. So many of the dams are given by that guy. He so. cares a whole lot. But James Bond, he loves James gin. That's a, that's a solid. Who else? Uh, I'm going to say the 24-year-old who's going back to college. Yes, absolutely. Who flunked out and is oh, going back. But so refined. Yeah. And but they're, they're the... Forget that this person flunked. Yeah, they're the... They're back. They're what a 20-year-old thinks is classy. Oh, my God. Just cracked 24, uh-huh. going back to school. Got it together now, by yeah, the way. Totally. Like, 18 months ago, forget it. Nope. I'm now back. they're an adult. Uh huh. Look at my drink. I'm gonna. I'm a grown up. Yeah. That's they right. go. Everybody else orders a, a shitty lager at the bar. Yeah, look at them. The 24 year old. They order a gin yeah. and tonic. Velcro look at them. Shoes. Gin and they tonic. They order an ampersand drink. <laughs> That's correct. That's fancy. That's fancy as hell. Good on you, 24 year old going back to college. You know what? I'm proud of you for not giving up. You yeah. go for it. Way to go, 24 year old mm-hmm. going back to college. I have thought about giving up, but made a gin and tonic. You made it. You, not giving up now. You you got to not right giving up. Back drink. in the game. Uh, who else? Uh, gin and tonic is also the the drink of like the mid forties divorcee, mm-hmm. who, who like just got uh, their own apartment. You know, and it just reminds moved them of a simpler time. Yeah, and it's they they have like one plate, three forks, <laughs> three different forks, three different forks, and but only one plate. Oh boy! And yeah. the only thing they can make is is, uh, is shelf stable shit. Yeah. And the gin and tonic's pretty uh, shelf-stable. And they sip it, and they say things like, Rosebud. So, let's see. What's, let's sit, what are the, a situation where someone should drink a gin and tonic? Like, if you find yourself in this situation, default to a gin and tonic. Okay. Let's see. What situation is perfect? At it, the casino. Oh, solid. At the poker table. Yeah. Can I play poker? Not that good at it. But I can drink a gin and tonic. You can drink it. And, and you know what? You can have a bunch of them. Right. Oh, yeah, They're you smooth. can. They're smooth. Uh-huh. Medicinal. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, if you're ever in a biker bar. Curveball. Yeah. It, let's, let's say, well, not a biker bar. Let's say you, you go into a bar and 
you don't like their beer selection, their bottled beer selection. Mm. And the beers that they have on tap, you're not 100% sure the last time they cleaned those lines. Mm, yeah. You know, those, don't know. those tap lines, there could be some fun things growing yeah, in them. Questionable. Yeah. And you also know the bartender doesn't know how to make anything super fancy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You go for the gin and tonic. Yep. You've judged. You've and then he, here, here is another hint for you. If you ever go in a bar and you look around and you're like, I don't belong here. People look at it weird. Go to the jukebox. Play Waylon Jennings. You're in. You're good. You are in. Yeah. Yeah. Take or it to Dolly. the next level. Dolly, Dolly is even better. Oh, yeah. Put on Dolly. It doesn't Dolly. matter what bar you're in. Put on Dolly. You're the champ right Order there. gin and tonic and put on Dolly and you'll be fine. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, we're, and that's, that's the United States only. I don't know. Yeah, how yeah, yeah. By, by the way, by the way, we are in Western North Carolina. Yeah. Is she just like as fucking amazing as she seems? Yes. Ah. I mean, what she's done, not to go on an entire tangent about mm. her in, in Tennessee and everything, but like what she, yeah, what she has been able to do in um, her home area mm-hmm. and then what she's done musically. She is one of the only people who is in Country Music Hall of Fame, Songwriting Hall of Fame, Pop Music Hall of Fame. Well done. Like, um, she had the opportunity to uh, have Elvis record I Will Always Love You, but for Elvis to record your song, you had to sell the rights to the song to Elvis. Mm. So you would sign over the rights for Elvis to, to record your song, and you would make millions wow. on Elvis doing this. And she said, I'm not, I'm not signing over the rights. No, thanks. And they said, you're going to lose millions of dollars not doing this. And she said, I can't do it. I'm, I'm not going to do it. I'm not, I don't sign over the rights to this song. And then 1992 comes around. Whitney Houston decides to cover the song. And she has given so much money away. She has done nothing but be incredible her whole life. And um, I, yeah, I could probably do like an entire hour about how great Dolly. Do Park you is. think Dolly would enjoy a gin and tonic? Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think I feel like we've kind of covered everything. Yeah. We, episode we one has been fun. It's it's a definitely a learning process. Mm-hmm. I think we're gonna nail down our process and, yeah. and nail down the flow a little bit. But uh, we're gonna be back. We'll we'll be back, and it's gonna be. Uh, slapdash, mm. but hopefully you're going to have a good time and hopefully you'll laugh and you'll learn some things. We hope you've enjoyed it. Yeah. And I've enjoyed being with you, Sarah. Thanks for this. Ah, oh, thanks for coming thanks over, for Wes. for sharing and being a part of my life. Wes and I have been friends for more than 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was trying to track when we actually became <laughs> friends. Hmm. It's well over 10 years it ago. Is, it's, oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, well over 10 years ago that we became friends. Mm-hmm. And have, have had many, many adventures together that you will undoubtedly hear about mm-hmm. as we go along. But uh, this is an exciting endeavor for us to start this podcast yeah. and, and move forward with Just the Tipple. Yeah, Just the Tipple. And you can follow us on Twitter at JTTipplePod. Mm-hmm. And you can email us with questions or feedback, only positive, uh, JustTheTipplePod <laughs> at gmail.com. Or you can visit us, our website, sign up for our newsletter, find out when... Fun, exciting things are happening at justthetipplepod.com. You can follow Wes on Twitter. Mm-hmm. At 30 Minutes or Wes. <laughs> 30 Minutes or Wes. That's How about you, Sarah? Are you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. My Twitter handle is Spoona. That's S-S-S-P-O-O-N-A-H. And 30 Minutes or Wes. Thanks for joining us, guys. This was Last Call. Anything else to add for Last Call? No, I just want to say uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, cheers. Cheers. Don't worry, guys. We'll get the next round.